I, uh, as we stand today, uh, Brother Isaac gets ready to take an offering. I remember the Save Our Children offering today. I feel like I'm going to go ahead and I wrote a few things down, a few thoughts I had this week for today, for Sunday, uh, Resurrection Sunday, and after debate on whether or not of saying anything or not, but Brother Brother Erickson's uh, Sunday school lesson this morning was was kind of hand in hand of some thoughts I had, you know, and I know that uh, it's not about this building, although it's needed. It's not about any programs we have, and they're needed too. But it's about it's about that life that you get when you start following Jesus Christ, and it's about the Spirit of God in your life. That's what is is, is important, and because of the resurrection, that's why we have this. And uh, and uh, I was reading the Passion Week, different things. You know, there's different things they have you read. You know every day you know so I kind of fall into that sometimes this week and get my mind right and uh, I've got all you got all these podcasts out there now we've got ours and everything else and I was noticing all these different things on these podcasts and church titles and they're all I wrote down a few truth truth church truth of God church truth way church truth for life church living truth face the truth truth temple and uh and so noticing all these little emblems and all these little advertisements almost for their church and for their podcast and reading throughout this week, it made me have these thoughts that, uh, well, you know, on the day of Christ's resurrection, you know, it's about that new life and it's about obtaining that new life. And, and as Jesus was brought before Pilate in John 18, it says, Pilate says to him, are you a king? And Jesus answered Pilate and says, that's what you say I am. You say I'm a king. And then Jesus says, this is why I was born, and this is why I came to this earth, and that is that he might show evidence and to prove what the truth is. So Pilate asks this question, what is truth? And the Greek word used here means unconcealed. And that, you know, makes my mind, you know, think about things that are concealed and unconcealed. You know, the truth of God or who God is, it's forever unfolding throughout our lives as we talked this morning about mysteries and mysteries of God if you're in pursuit of truth it slowly gets revealed to you as you keep on pursuing that truth just one day just one day after another you just keep on you just keep on you keep on and the day Christ was crucified a man named Joseph wanted that body so he could bury it and the Bible says my wife read this to me one day several months ago and I never I'd never registered in my in my mind that the Bible says that he craved the body of Christ so your question today is do you crave Christ do you do you crave him in your life do you do you still crave Christ you know today is the day that you can take another step toward Jesus Christ it's another step that you can take toward truth. You may not be able to see everything clearly right now. As we talked about this morning, you may never. We may never see everything clearly. Some truths may still be concealed to your understanding. That's not what living for God's about. It's about trust and it's about faith. But you just got to keep on feeling after Jesus even though you can't see everything. Even though you may be in the dark about some things, you can just keep on feeling after him, and you'll be getting the answers. And this what the pastors always talked about before, and Paul says that I may know him and the power of his resurrection. What begs the question, what do you mean, Paul? You wrote most of the New Testament. You don't know Christ? You don't know him? In the book of Acts, it says you had a miraculous encounter on the road to Damascus, and you still don't know him? 
You said, Paul says, either in the body or out of the body, I was up to the third heavens. That's a high perspective. And he still doesn't know Christ. He still doesn't know his resurrection. It's not that he doesn't know him. It doesn't, he doesn't know everything about him. So you just got to keep on. What, like it's been said in this church before, we don't possess truth. We pursue truth. So we gotta, we're, we're pursuing Jesus today, which is just meaning we're uncovering this truth. We're uncovering the things that are concealed. We're unconcealing those every day in our life. So it doesn't matter if you live for Jesus your entire life. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter if you live for him a week. It doesn't matter if you live for him for a day, an hour. It doesn't matter if for whatever reason that veil is still over your eyes and over your understanding and over your, your thought process on who God is and what he is. It do, that part doesn't matter. It's just trying to figure out how to go ahead and put your trust in God. Psalms 34 says, Oh, taste and see that the Lord is good. Amen. Blessed is the man that trusteth in him. So as we celebrate the resurrection of Christ today, we celebrate the resurrection of truth. Amen. We celebrate the resurrection of life. And as we sing the songs today, and as we listen to the word of life be preached today, just open up your heart. Just open up your heart. Let Christ reveal himself to you today, and you're going to find out that he is good and he's trustworthy. You don't have to understand everything. You don't have to know everything. You just got to trust him. Just believe in him and trust him, and your life will be forever changed. It's the single most important thing you can do is give your life to God. The single most important thing. So Brother Isaac, let's give God some thanks and worship, and we'll start this service. Brother Isaac will take an offering. Oh, I love you, God.
with holy thunder and leaves us breathless in awe and wonder the king of glory the king above all kings this is amazing
separated the breach was far too wide but from the far side of the chasm you held me in your side so you made a way across the great divide left behind heaven's throne to build it here inside and there at the cross oh you paid the debt i owed broke my chains free my soul for the first time i had hope thank you jesus for the blood applied thank you jesus it has washed me
just worship him a little more today. Oh, he deserves all of our worship today. Oh, I love you, God. What can wash away my sin? Nothing but the blood of Jesus. What can make me whole again? Nothing but the blood of Jesus. Oh, precious is the blood that makes me white as snow. No other fount I know. Nothing but the blood of Jesus. What can wash away my sin? Oh, nothing but the blood of don't do this often enough, but I finally had the right mind of thinking, and I wanted and asked Elaine if she would have a few words today to say. Um, we all have our different upbringings, and I appreciate uh, watching how that the Lord works and changes our lives to make us more and more according to his will and his purpose. And um, but then come right now, please. 
And uh, let me just say, so good to have Andrea, so good that you and your family are here. And um, I only am so sorry to hear that you all were in the car. I hope that um, in the future, I hope you'll come back and be with us. And I hope the next time we have a way of getting those great young people right into a class and that they can enjoy themselves. I apologize. Uh, that was just something that I didn't realize what had happened until it was over. But we are so glad that y'all are here. And each and every one, great to see the great church family here. So glad that Brooklyn is feeling better. Amen. She went through some tough times. And uh, good to have her back among us now. Amen. God bless you. Street. You don't want me to use your notes? <laughs> well, happy Easter. What can make me whole again? Is that an awesome concept? Because there isn't one of us sitting in this building today that is whole. Somewhere there's a gapping, gaping wound. But the blood of Jesus can make me whole again. Make me whole again. So I don't have, I, I'm not going to take too much time. Um, I will read one scripture. You don't have to stand. John 19:30. When Jesus said, therefore, excuse me, when Jesus therefore had received the vinegar, he said, it is finished. And he bowed his head and gave up the ghost. How many of you feel like it's finished? <laughs> it's finished. A large part of Easter is based on this few words that Jesus spoke. If it hadn't been finished, there wouldn't have been a resurrection. And when we think of the resurrection in this Easter season, the season of spring, new planting, buds popping out all over the place, allergies in abundance, blossoms everywhere, new awakenings and new beginnings. A brand new start. Thank God. God in his infinite wisdom gives to mankind the ability to be born again. To be born anew. To have a new beginning. A brand new start. We can accept the choice before us. The process of a new beginning is our choosing. We don't have to pick it up. We don't have to stop and smell the daisies or the roses. It's our choice to pick up this process. Repentance, turning away from a life contrary to God. Baptism in Jesus' name, to wash the soul clean again. The infilling of the Holy Ghost and a life dedicated to the kingdom of God. A new life, a new beginning for us to choose. He left it into our hands. He made the way. He paid the price, died on the cross, rose again. He did his part. He's waiting for us to make the choice. And if we have already made the choice, we still make this choice every day. Am I going to live for God today? Will I allow all that drama? Will I allow all that disaster? Will I allow the disease ravishing my home and family? 
Will I allow devastation to change my choice? Or is God big enough to make me whole again? And even if I make this choice and somewhere along the way I get derailed, because that does happen. I might get derailed for a time, make a wrong choice along the way, get sidetracked by the allurements and the addictions of this world. There is always afforded to us, all of us, the opportunity to have a brand new start, to begin again, a brand new beginning. And we all know the drill. It was already mentioned here this morning. January 1st, I'm going to start, I'm going to, I'm going to choose this, I'm going to choose to make this lifestyle change, January 1st. Unfortunately, they soon fall by the wayside. But our all-knowing God gave us 12 firsts. We don't have to wait for January 1st. Or the all-too-familiar, I'll start on Monday. <laughs> we'll have the weekend, pig out, or whatever we're doing. <laughs> but on Monday, God gave us 52 Mondays awesome. to make a brand new start. Or better yet, tomorrow, I'll begin it tomorrow. Not, don't mess with me today, I'm, you know, something went wrong, my hair is falling down. I have 365 tomorrows, or 24 times in a day, or 60 times in an hour, or 60 times in a second. I can choose to make that brand new start. God gives us plenty of opportunities for that brand new start, whether for the first time as a brand new Christian, or again as a returning Christian, or constantly as a pursuing Christian. God knew that we, who are weak and frail, don't fool yourself. I don't care how much you can bench press. I don't care how long you can run. We are weak and frail. In our humanity, we need seasons of new beginnings. It does not matter to God how many times we need to begin. But what I think matters to him is how we end. When we come to that time when it is finished in our life, will we have accomplished what God has put before us to do? Will the ending bring glory to God for a life well lived for the kingdom of God? The scripture often compares our Christian walk to a fight or a race. And there has to be an end of that for a victor to be declared. You don't just keep on running. Somewhere there's got to be an end so we can say, who did win? <laughs> a life of victory or victories is one of the blessings granted to us by God. It's a privilege and an honor to make that choice for a new beginning. 
because that brings us the hope we need for a brand new ending. We don't have to stay some generational or some heredity. You know, my family was, my parents were, my sister is. That, that has no bearing on the choices that you make. You can have a brand new ending because you're making a brand new start. So when the choice is made for a new beginning, the choice is also made for a brand new ending. A brand new ending for myself, for my family, for my neighbors, for my city, for my country. And that's how it works. We're not going to save the whole world. We're going to save a family, our neighbor, the people that we are around. You have already come here today. That is a great step in the right direction. That is a step towards the right choice for a brand new beginning. I encourage you today, this day of new season, a new opportunity to choose Jesus, to choose a brand new ending. Thank you, honey. I think I should just sit down. <laughs> that was very good. We're going to get her on our teaching staff here before long. I would have done it sooner, except that it may cut off some of my cookies or pies or something. <laughs> I, I didn't want to do that. Amen. We want our special song now. Thank you for our trio singing today.
all power, riches, wisdom, and strength, honor, glory, and blessing. Take your throne, Holy One, Jesus, you're the only one found worthy, the only one found worthy. day special and that definitely includes all of our guests that includes the faithful folks who come to this church that includes our musicians and singers and all the preparation <clears throat> if someone came up to you today in sincerity and asked you what is the most important truth of the gospel what would you say? What is the greatest thing I need to know? Would it be grace and mercy? Truly, I need God's grace in my life so desperately because he helps me in many avenues that I myself never came up with the knowledge or the ability to do. His mercies are Fresh and new every morning, the scripture says, thank God. What about God's love? What about the, just the truth of God's word, how emphatic it is that we can know the truth and the truth will make you free? What a promise that we have. Maybe it would be forgiveness today that we could, I remember 
the, the, the hole I had dug for my life. I remember the desperate condition I was in, the place where I was starting to give up. I was starting to yield and give in. And thank God for his forgiveness that he forgave me. And, and then I learned how that I could forgive others. And what a release, what a freedom. The chains break off from our necks and off our wrists, our legs, when we are able to forgive. We could talk about a lot of topics today. But I want to bring you to what the Apostle Paul said. And um, here in 1 Corinthians 15, 1 uh, through four. And just stay seated. Just think with me as I read this. Moreover, brethren, I declare unto you the gospel which I preached unto you, which also you have received, and wherein you stand, by which also you are saved, if ye keep in memory what I preached unto you, unless ye have believed in vain. Verse th- three is what I want you to see. For I delivered unto you, first of all, that which also I received, how that Christ died for our sins according to the Scriptures, and that he was buried, and that he rose again the third day according to the Scriptures. One translation says, verse number three says this, I told you the most important part of the message Exactly as it was told to me, that part is Christ died for our sins, as the scriptures say, and I could go on and read that translation, but I want you to see that. He said, I told you the most important thing. I'd like to present to you today, using your imagination for just about my brand new Mercedes Benz. I don't know how I ever afforded it. (laughs) Isn't it beautiful? Just your favorite color. 11 coats of paint. Four coats of clear coat. This thing, the cushions have cushions when you close the door. It's almost like it whispers in your ear every time you shut the door. Breathing nothings in your sweet nothings into your ear. And look at that dashboard, and look at that interior, and and look at all those gizmos, Brother Dwayne, that they can do. This thing can sing and dance. This thing will rub your back, give you a massage while you're going down the road. You can set this baby on cruise control, and it helps you drive and keeps you between the lanes. Oh, the top notch of what German technology can do, oh, Hundreds of thousands of dollars, these things are so expensive when you get into these elite cars. And all that's missing is the engine. (laughs) Just enjoy it. (laughs) For it will never leave your imagination. (laughs) What good is a Mercedes, a brand new one, top dollar, sings and dances, and it doesn't have the main thing. I kind of think today that we could think about the importance of this wonderful walk of God that 
we can have or we have or we have had or whatever, whatever I should be saying there for you. And to think that, that I could talk to you about, woo, didn't we have a time the other night? Woo, haven't we had some hoedowns in church where, man, people were dancing and running around the church and, man, we had a great time. Oh, did you love that song? And we can talk about all these different things that, that are just will turn our crank, as it were, makes us excited. Oh, wasn't that a good Sunday school class? Wasn't that an incredible evangelist we had? And we could talk about, oh, thank God for the grace and mercy of God that brings me to where I am because I shouldn't be here today. And we could add that there's just this whole book with chapters on all these facets of God that have blessed us and enriched us and made us better and better. But if I could just point your attention today to the motor. <laughs> if I could just for a moment go back to the brass taxi, the, the basics as it were, brass tax, I'm not sure any young person here knew what that meant. Back to the basics. Back to being able to say that the most important thing I could ever have is to know that my Savior came with a plan already made. He never went one veered to the left or to the right. There wasn't any goofballs that came around. There wasn't any pilot. There wasn't any Roman emperor. There wasn't any uh, bad disciples. There weren't anybody that could stop what Jesus Christ came to do. But he came simply to pay the way that I could have the most incredible life. The apostle Peter said, it is joy unspeakable and full of glory. I want to talk to you about all the amenities of living for God today when I talk to you how it feels good to live for Him. It's a great life living for Him. And to tell you, it all happens back with the motor. When Jesus Christ came and He died, went to Calvary's cross, and He willingly laid down His life. Can you imagine someone willingly laying down there and allowing them to drive those nails piercing through his hands and feet. Willingly allowing himself to be among all of these people that meant evil against him, that, that he knew was not the will or the plan of God, and yet he knew that everything was in its perfect place in order for God to do something incredible. The Bible said, who for the joy that was set before Jesus he endured the cross. He, he did it. He paid the price in order that today we might have this waterfalls, these cool waters, this beautiful atmosphere of being able to draw whatever you need from the wellspring of salvation today. Whatever your situation is, whether you're going through the crisis of your life and you need, you need direction, you need to be able to know that you're taking this before the throne room of glory and God can give you direction and help. 
Maybe today you, everything's going great and, and you're just worried about, uh, you know, when you become a little older and, and uh, what's marriage going to be like and, and, and should I go to college and all those things for our young people. It's, it's okay. Those are questions each and uh, every age has. But all just to know today that there's a Savior who has paid everything that you can just dip into that cool waters and drink of life freely and enjoy yourself. Amen. But it's always been that fearful thing for all of mankind, all of mankind, all the way from Adam and Eve throughout the generations of time, this fear of death, this fear of losing, of not being able to have an understanding of what the future is. You know, the Sadducees and Pharisees were two groups of religious people in Jesus' day that that um, they all claimed that they were the perfect Jew. They had all their ducks in a row. I guess because I'm not sure Jews eat ducks. <laughs> and and they, had, they had all this stuff in place, and they just thought that they were the elite. <clears throat> it's too bad you can't be like me. You're blessed that I'm here today. That's what these Pharisees and Sadducees were saying. And they, but they had, this, they had this massive divide between them. For some said, there is no resurrection. Nobody gets up from the grave. And the others said, oh, yes, we believe in it. And all that, but Jesus came to those he loved, and he said, he said, you're, you're never going to die. And they couldn't fathom that. They couldn't understand what, the, what he could mean by that. Well, the story is told of a missionary in Brazil. And this missionary, um, I don't have a name, sorry. But he, they, they, they're telling me this is a true story. He went to Brazil, and, and while he was there, he began to, uh, as a missionary, trying to reach people, trying to save people went into the jungles there in South America and, and uh, you know, went deeper and deeper and deeper until finally one day in his uh, long, long trips into the jungle, he found a tribe of people. Now, this tribe of people, they lived by a river. And, and but when the missionary got there, thankfully, this tribe was friendly to him. They weren't headhunters. And uh, they welcomed him in. But, but when the missionary got there, he saw that people were dropping like flies. There was, there was some sort of a plague going on in that tribe, and, and people were dying. And, and the missionary knew that, that there was a medical help that would help them. If they could be inoculated, they could get a shot. And so, so the problem was is that on the other side of the river, there was a medical encampment there. And if you could get the people to that medical unit, they could stop this tribe from being overwhelmed and taken and, and all the death that was going on. And so he talked to the leadership, and, and they sounded like they would be willing. And, and, and so he, he said, uh, follow me. And he, they went to the river, and the people wouldn't come near the river. They said, oh, no, that river has evil spirits. We never go near the river. And he said, 
if, if, you'll just, if you'll just go to the other side, I'll help you. Well, there's, there's an answer. There's a way that we can give you medical attention, and, and you don't have to keep, all, keep people dying in your, in your tribe. And they said, no, we will not. That's, that river has evil spirits. Bad things happen in the river. And so he, he, he got them to the, to near the edge, and he, he went down, and he, he touched the water, rubbed it in his fingers, you know, splashed a little bit. See? See? Nothing happens. And they said, they kept murmuring and shaking their heads, no. Uh-uh. Evil spirits. And so he, he, then he took some water and he splashed it on his face, on his hair, and, and seemingly no, no difference. Finally, he stepped out in the water himself. He said, see, look, I'm okay. And the people, they were fearful. They were hesitant. They would not go. And finally, this man knew he had to get them. He had to help them. And so he dove in and swam underwater all the way across that small river and came up on the other side. And there he got on the other side and he shook his fist in the air. He said, yes, see, nothing will hurt you. And the people, when they saw him on the other side, they knew that they had been believing something that wasn't true. And he got them across the river and he got them the medical help that they needed to help stop the plague that was going on in that camp. And so I bring you to the story of Jesus with Mary and Martha. They got word to him that their brother was sick. They sent more words to him saying, please, hurry. They sent more words to him telling him, uh, Lazarus is dead. And the Bible said that Jesus waited yet four days after he died. Now, now Mary, Martha, and Lazarus are some of his best friends. But the Bible said, but Jesus knew what he would do. And so they, they went, and finally he came, and, and, and Mary and Martha were similar. They said, oh, Jesus, if you had just been here, I know you could have healed him. And Jesus said, Martha, don't you know that I am the resurrection and life? I, I, you don't have to worry. And they said, oh, yes, Jesus, we believe that someday there'll be a resurrection. But they couldn't, they couldn't get what they needed right now from Jesus because they couldn't believe that he had power over death. Well, I need to tell you, this isn't the first time Jesus dealt with death that day as, as he finally went down to that tomb and he said, roll away the stone, and they rolled it away. And now Lazarus had been four days dead. You, you know that that was not a, a good situation. It probably stunk. And Jesus cries out, Lazarus, come forth. And out of that tomb came this bundled wrap of, of clothes, uh, uh, dancing, prancing out of there, you know, somehow keeping his balance. And he said, loose him and let him go. And what an incredible thing that was. But can I tell you, that wasn't the first time that Jesus dealt with death. 
We have to go back further in the gospel and remember there came a day when, oh, there was a funeral procession and there was a mama who was distraught and full of fear and worry because there were no more other children in her family and now her last son was dead. What will the creditors do? What's going to happen to my life? What's going to happen to my boy? And Jesus came up to that, to that funeral procession. And here they are all, all the mourners and weepers, oh, and crying out. And, and Jesus said, don't, don't cry. And he went up to that little boy. I don't know how old he was. Young man. He went up to that young man and, and touched him. And he rose up. And Jesus healed him. And his mother and his son Walked away with victory that day. And then later, later, another scenario happened. Oh, a throng of people. Now Jesus was in his heyday and he was popular. and People wanted to come and see him. They, they had heard that people were healed and great things were happening. And he had fed the 5,000. And so now they, they're, they're there in a throng of people all around him. And, and, and this desperate man whose daughter was sick. She was not doing good. He'd spent all. He had tried to find someone that would heal her. He tried to find the answers and to no avail. And so finally, he makes his way and falls before him and says, Sir, if you would just come and heal my daughter. And Jesus said, I'll do it. I'll do it. Oh, the elation, the hope of a man. That somehow there could be someone that could handle death so that his daughter could live. And so as they began to make their move, all of a sudden, suddenly, the, Jesus stops in the fray of people all around him and says, someone touched me. Disciples are going walkers. They're saying, what? What do you mean someone touched you? There's a hundred people around you. This is ad lib, Kevin Erickson, okay? They didn't really say there's a hundred people around you. But the, the impression was they were saying, Lord, how could you say someone touched you when so many people are touching you? And Jesus waited, and this woman came up after touching the hem of his garment. And she knows there's a special awareness. This, this thing where she and Jesus have connected, she knows something's happened. Something's going on here. She knows that somehow the virtue has, has changed. She knows that there's hope. There's something has happened in her body. And she said, it, it was me, sir. Oh, this poor man is worried because his daughter is so sick. Please hurry. Please hurry. And finally, they began to start moving again toward this man's house and and all of a sudden, his friends, his co-workers show up and say, trouble the master no longer, for your daughter's dead. Can you imagine? And the Bible simply says, as Jesus told them, he said, don't be fearful, have faith. And they went, of course, so we know that the Lord Heal that little girl. Feed her. She's hungry. 
See, I, I want to just tell you that Jesus came in order to give us victory over death, hell, and the grave. That's, that's the hope of Easter, is that if Jesus can take care of death, then he can take care of your life. If he can help you today to overcome your greatest fear of the unknown, he can help you to learn how to face every trouble, every need you have, and go to him in prayer and say, Lord, help me. And so Jesus is a lot like that missionary. First he dabbled and said, look, I can heal. Then he went a little deeper, look, I can raise someone from the dead. They said, oh, yeah, Jesus, we believe you can, but we don't believe that, you know, it could ever happen to us. And then Jesus went to another need, another situation, and healed them. And then the Lazarus house, where Lazarus cries, uh, the Lord cries forth, Lazarus, come forth, and he's healed. I kind of think he's like that missionary that day who kept saying, come on, I'm trying to take you in increments here. I want you to trust in me. I want you to trust me today. <laughs> and he got on the other side of death, of rivers, banks, rivers, death. The, uh, and, and there he jumps and he cheers and he shines. It's a sign of victory. And he says, come on, you don't need to fear. I've got the answer for you. That's why I say today that the gospel is kind of like that motor of a very nice car because without it we're, it's just a nice service I feel good for a moment I like the words of the scriptures and there's a few I'm going to keep a hold of and use but we don't have that life and that more abundantly that Jesus promised but I offer you today that if you could ever realize how, how do we apply the death and burial and resurrection. I know that sounds morbid to our young people, but, but bear with me for just a moment. To think that today, the Bible simply says that I have to be like Jesus going through that death, burial, and resurrection. That same thing has to happen in my life that happened in Jesus' life. Now, now we're not talking about the Roman soldiers, the cross, all that, but, but the Bible does use that, that symbolism to show how that happens in my life. The Bible says this, is that, is that we die through repentance. We, when I finally say I am willing to say, God, I am a mess and I need you, that is the beginning place of the greatest story that was ever told, that our God made a way for you to have victory. And so he wants that same victory to happen in your life. So we have to have repentance. We have to die to ourselves. The Apostle Paul said, I die daily, talking about that he repented. He got his heart, kept his heart right with God every day. The second thing that we have to do is that we, uh, Elaine mentioned it earlier, that we have to be baptized. Well, baptism to a lot of people is just a church rule. Well, your church says I have to do it this way, and this church over here says I have to do it this way. I'm, I'm not trying to do that to you. I just want you to realize today that Jesus said that we must be born again of water and of the Spirit. We have to have that water baptism because the Bible says that when I go down, and, and we, can't, we can't be dig a hole and, and then put dirt over us and say I was buried like Jesus was. 
we, so the Lord was smart enough to say, we're going to use baptism because people can go underwater for a second <laughs> and come out again and not have it hurt them. And so we're buried, the Bible says, we're buried with Christ in baptism. That's what Romans 6 and 6 says. And so I have to die. I have to have repentance. I have to get buried with him in baptism. I've got to have that wonderful name of Jesus Christ called over, my, over me as I go down. And, and, I'm, and, and to dunk someone is just a second. It doesn't take long. You do get wet. And the third thing is that Jesus had to rise again from the dead. It's not just a, a schedule I'm going to plan my week and say I'm going to have an, a new birth. I'm going to have a, this is going to be a new day for me. It's not just setting a goal like they do at January 1 with, with a New Year's, you know, promise. But when we are born again of water and then of the Spirit, that's when things change because then all of a sudden we have now Him, the Lord, coming inside of us. I've heard people tell me how that they like to go out in the woods and see God's nature. I, I'd like to tell them, I'd like to see when God comes in me. <laughs> That's a great experience. Amen. And Jesus promised this. He said, I will never leave you nor forsake you. When you receive Jesus Christ in your life, it's the greatest thing ever because he'll never, now he'll always let you make your own choices. God will never make you do anything. God is fair. But oh, he'll talk to you. He'll encourage you. He'll give you words of life. And, and the Bible said that it would be joy unspeakable. Peter said, this is beyond words. All of, Jew, all of Peter's Jewish background, all that he knew about the forefathers and traditions and festivals and feasts, he said, this is so much better than all of that. It's joy unspeakable and full of glory. I simply want to tell you today, the most important thing is for you not only to believe that it happened one Easter, the first Easter many, many years ago, but I also need you to believe today that God wants to have another Easter in your life. It doesn't have to be April, whatever today is, 22nd. No. Ninth, sorry. I said 22nd because I read the uh, commercials for the future. Um, ninth, that's what I meant to say. Uh, it's not that day. It's that experience. And that's what God wants to do for you today. Now, someone going to come and force you to do something? Absolutely not. You have to think on these things. You have to say, I want to know more. You have to say, I'm going to start praying and asking God to show me this. Ah, well, whatever it takes. Some people, someone may be able to receive it in a moment, and others may need time to think it through and see what God's Word says. It doesn't matter. I just want you to start a path with the Lord today. However it happens in your life is okay with me. We're not trying to put a notch in our gun today or something, you know. What we're trying to do is let people know that this good word of God is more than just something that sits on my coffee table. It's an experience God wants to do in their lives. Would you stand with me today? What a privilege to be a part of, of, 
of God's plan for this hour that we're living in. Somehow the Lord wants to prove to you it's going to be through the scriptures, it's going to be through your friends and family that love God, it's going to be through your acquaintances, but God is going to show himself strong on your behalf. Amen. And one day when you're praying and you're asking God for direction, you could just rest assured that the Lord has got you on this plan to start you on this process. And whether it takes a day or a week, whether it takes a, a week or a month, it doesn't matter. That's not how we measure success. We measure today success in God by you turning your attention to wanting to know what God wants in your life. And the more you do that, the more he will fill you with his word, with his counsel, with the experience that he wants you to have. I close with this. Luke said this. Jesus spoke to the people that day and he said, you evil men know how to give good gifts to your children. How much more does your heavenly Father want you to receive the Holy Ghost in your life? That's what we're talking about today. That's the resurrection. Jesus didn't stay in the tomb dead, but he rose again. And that's what happens when God fills you with his spirit. Amen. Why don't we sing a song right now? He came to me to a man or a woman in scripture young or old and happened when that person said I believe this and they reached out to God it might start with you raising your hands and giving thanks to the Lord it might be that your prayers begin to change and you start to talk to the Lord more about direction but I promise you this today God wants you to respond not just receive the word he wants you to act upon it today Amen. That's why we have an altar call sometimes. Not because we're looking for bad people. For every one of us has sinned and fallen short of God's glory. But the idea is that anyone who wants to, they can step out to God and say, Lord, this is a day of new beginnings for me. And so right where you stand, uh, always you can come down closer if you want, but you don't have to. But right where you stand, would you lift up your hands and your hearts to God? And I wonder today if you would just talk to the Lord. I know we can't see him in this room, and yet the Bible says he's here. The Bible said he's very close to anyone who will pray and call on his name. Lord, we love you and we praise you.
We learned in Sunday school today, Lord, that we need to be worshipers of our God. Thankful today for what the Lord is doing in our lives. Thank you, Jesus. Lord, I praise your name today. Oh, what a wonderful life it is to serve the Lord. Oh, I thank you for that joy unspeakable and full of glory. I thank you for the promise that we can live life to its fullest here on earth and then someday be able to go to heaven. Lord, I praise you and I thank you. Touch every heart here today, every one of us, young and old, that we would move closer to Jesus, that we would live for you, that we would obey you. I pray, Lord, for your work, for your will to be done today. Lord, every heart, every life would be able to say, not my will, Lord, but thy will be done in my life. This is going to be a day of new things. This is going to be a new start for me. This is going to be where God is able to take me farther than I've ever gone before. In Jesus' name, amen. 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 Thank you for coming today, for being here with us. It's a special day that we call Easter. But it's only special when we take advantage of it. I hope that you'll have a wonderful time with your family. To each and every one of you, thank you for coming and being here. And I want to make sure um, all of our guests today know that we want you to back. We want you to come back. I, I don't want to chase you off. I want to chase you in. Um, no, we can't chase you in. We just want you to be able to make steps in God. And, um, and if you're closer to God than I am, great. We all want to just live for God together. We're not trying to choose top of the dog here, top of the a heap. What we're trying to do is have everyone have that same mind that we can know the Lord today and we can be have a life improved because of it. God bless you. Have a wonderful time of fellowship. Amen. Looking forward. Uh, Wednesday night at 7 o'clock, we have church here. And um, as I said, Brother uh, O'Neill will be preaching tonight, this, this Wednesday. And if you all have heard him before, you'll know he'll do a great job. God bless you.